welcome to Truth Be Told. This is Dr. Will Cradock. Hey, and this is Dr. Walter Aka. And, and today, uh, for this podcast, we have a, a, a special kind of perspective that we're going to take. Uh, we're going to remember the time um, before we were in dental school um, because we have uh, a guest on today, uh, Sarah Hamadi, who is pre-dental. So she's kind of going through the uh, trials and obstacles that we all had to to get to 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 get to this field, um, and so it's kind of a, a a cool way to look back um, at the things that we had to do to, to overcome to get where we needed to be, um, and also to help her and to encourage anybody else who's interested in the field of dentistry. Um, you know that it's not just a straight road to dentistry. I think that that's probably one of the best biggest uh, misconceptions is that um, there's a straight path to becoming a dental student. Or a dentist. Yeah, and you know, one thing that really irritated me when I was going through dental school was the people who had the high GPAs and said, I'm definitely going to get in, you know. Those people actually, I feel like, didn't work as hard when they got into dental school because they didn't have that hunger. And I'm not saying, I'm not going to generalize and say everybody, but most of them didn't work as hard. You seem very bitter about that. I am bitter. (laughs) I am bitter. (laughs) Because in the end, the people that barely got in or the people that almost didn't get in are the ones that said, hey, you know what? I'm going to, when I, once I get the opportunity, I just need one opportunity. Once I get that opportunity, I'm going to work my butt off. And those are the people that actually end up going further. And succeeding right? in dentistry. Yeah. And, and so today for the panel, we have somebody, like I said, Sarah is, is, is pre-dental. We have uh, an associate, uh, Dr. Patel. Uh, we have, a uh, an endodontist, a specialist, uh, Dr. Scott. And uh, he's an, been on before. Dr. Scott's been on before. He has been on. Thanks for having yes, me back. Gave, gave us, incredible knowledge on the the, the field of den, uh, endodontics and even though dr aka said you would not be returning you see look you got back on <laughs> I, I did say that yeah, he, he got me back, he got me back. <laughs> <laughs> so uh but just to start i mean like like uh, i kind of preference we all have a story of how we got to this point uh dr patel kind of share with us how you um got into dental school uh, and became a dentist yeah sure so um yeah, I mean, I remember it like it's yesterday because this was just a, such a vivid memory for me. Um, so when I was a, when I was a pre dental student, I went to the I was at the University of Texas at Austin uh, as my undergrad. I was a finance major and I was pre dental. So the main focus in my major was finance, obviously, but I did all the pre dental requirements, so all the sciences. I had to take care of that to just apply to dental school. Exactly, and so. Um, you know, being from Houston, born and raised, I wanted to stay in state. And so we have three dental schools in Texas, right? And they're in Houston, uh, San Antonio, and Dallas. So I had only applied to those three dental schools. And I was really kind of banking on getting into one of those three. So um, looking back, I wish I would have maybe just been a little bit broader in my scope uh, just to cover more bases. But um, let me tell you how this kind of all of uh, uh rolled out. So when I applied, um, application was fine. I got interviews at two of the three schools. Uh, I thought I definitely crushed one of the interviews. And then uh, the second one, I thought it went, it was decent. Right. And I didn't get a call back from the third. Okay. And so, you know, now I'm only with two dental schools. Okay. Um, the acceptance date rolls by and it's like in December and I don't hear back. So now obviously that's, you know, that's heartbreaking. It's crushing. So, um, you you collect yourself and then you move on uh, with dental school. There's rolling admissions. So if you don't get in on that first day, when a lot of your colleagues are getting in, don't lose hope because what happens is 
a lot of students get multiple acceptances. And until they decide on their seat, you know, uh, another seat could open up potentially. Exactly. So uh, the spring rolls by and then one of the schools around March finally contacts me and says, hey, uh, we uh, really liked you as an applicant, but we have finally filled our class. Please apply again next year. So now I'm down to one school left. And now it's getting really late into the process where I'm getting a little worried, you know, so I'm not going to wait around. Um, I, I, I go ahead and start preparing for plan B, right? Being so that's proactive. Exactly. I so love it. I, I started a new application. I, I basically beefed up my original application into, you know, how I can improve it, including how am I going to, how am I going to do a post back, uh, get another job associated in dentistry. Um, and then improve my personal statement. And I was even considering retaking the DAT. Um, and then I, re- I reapplied to Texas, obviously, again, and then also like maybe 10 schools out of state. Okay. So I want to, you know, kind of, you know, not spread myself so thin. More again, options. Right. Yeah. yeah, more options. And then finally in the summer, after I'd already reapplied and spent some money to for those applications out of state, I get a call from uh, the dental school that I attended and they tell me that a seat had opened up, you know, kind of very last minute and they wanted to, you know, accept me. And at first I'm just kind of taken back and I'm like, you know, all these emotions and I'm like, do I have to tell you right now or, you know, can I get back to you? And, but then when I talked to like one other person, they're like, what are you thinking about? You know, like, I'm like, yeah, you're right. So I called him back immediately. I was like, yes, I'll take it. I went to the school that day. It was their first day of class. I, I went and, you know, met my colleagues and Never looked back. So, hey. I mean, the biggest thing was like, don't give up. You know, things happen, and like you said, there's not a straight path, right? So it's 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 unique. And and the the funny thing is, as you were saying that story, um, you know, I before I applied to dental school, I personally thought that everyone you is a it was a very simple procedure, right? You apply, you take an interview, you get in, you move on with life, but. It, the more I talk to people, the more I realize that everyone has a story of how they got into dental school. And it's, it's honestly, you're, it's, it's the culmination, like years of like testing and work. And so it, but it comes down to, you know, chance in a lot of ways, right? Like you said, uh, some schools do their admission process early, some do late and you're applying to both of them at the same time. And so it's kind of a game of where you're going to oh, yeah. go, right? Absolutely. But uh, we also have Dr. Dr. Scott, uh, who I had the pleasure of uh, being a, a classmate with. What good times we had. Yeah, at, uh, at HU, you know. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> I was waiting. It was a little delayed. <laughs> but, but before, Howard, talk to us about uh, your, your journey to getting into dental school. Um, my journey getting into dental school was uh, pretty interesting also. Um, you know, for me, like... In high school, things were pretty easy, you know, so I didn't really have to study per se. Like, I could go to class, I could read the book, and I could get A's, you know, so I was able to get to college with no problem. But then I got to college, man, and I went to the University of Maryland College Park. It's a pretty big school, and I got there, and I had a great time, you know, met a lot of cool people, uh, did a lot of uh, extracurricular activities. Um, But what I didn't know is that how much work it really took to be, like, the top of your class, right? So I just went to class and thought, man, stuff I did in high school, I could do in college. But little did I know that wasn't the case, right? So here I go from never, ever, ever getting a C in my life, right, to getting a C when I got to college. So for me, 
most people were like, oh, that's nothing. But for me, I was like, whoa, I got to see, like, what's going on here? So literally say I finished my first year of college with not the best GPA, right? I had GPA in the twos, right? And I had, oh man, that, that never happened to me before. So that's when you start to go to your little advisor and tell them, you know, what path you want to go on or what have you. Uh, mind you, I did have a biology degree just because that's, I knew I wanted to be in healthcare, you know, so I was like, that's all I knew. Um, going back, would I have gotten a different undergraduate degree? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But anyway, so I went to my advisor and basically she looked over my transcript and she started literally laughing in my face. She's like, you think you're going to be a doctor? You'll never be a doctor with grades like this. So, man, that hit me hard, you know. So uh, that from that moment on, I, I knew I had to go back and that's when I started taking organic chemistry and all that stuff like that. So basically what it really came down to was time management, you know, and being disciplined. Uh, if you think college is hard, you have no idea. Dental school sucks, all right? So what I what happened to me in dental school, what I really learned was that when we started to, it hit me when I started taking biochemistry because that was one of the classes I didn't really like in college. So when I got to dental school, I realized that the whole semester of college uh, biochemistry was taught to you in dental school in like maybe a month. Yeah, it's like really fast. The information comes at you like super fast. So you're learning a whole textbook in no time. And that's that was something that I had to really uh, basically get adjusted to when I got to dental school. So um, one thing I will say about your college experience and your application um, process is that you want to make sure that even if you don't have the best GPA, you can just have a well-rounded application. And what they're looking for in the, on the admissions committee, because I used to do it, um, interviews when I was at Howard, they just want to see improvement. They want to see, oh man, they might have started off rough, but they learned that I got to do this, this and that to get better. Because that's what, at least at Howard, I know they really talked to me about that on my application because they saw, you know, I didn't have all A's throughout, but they saw that each year, I got more and more A's, you know what I mean? And, and the classes that really matter, because once you get into those harder classes, they want to see you perform, you know? So uh, no matter what situation you're in, just just always show improvement, all right? And, and uh, you'll be okay. You, you know, one thing I will say, um, when it comes to the whole process of getting into dental school and, and just dealing with the whole, I mean, being a student, right? When you're in dental school, I honestly believe that your mind is a very, very, like, unique uh, weapon. I want to say weapon, right? Because when you were in undergrad, you had a few classes and you had to learn a lot and memorize a lot, right? When you were in high school, you had a few classes, you had to memorize a lot and, you know, but it's like the more capacity you give, or the more op opportunity you give your mind to expand, the better it becomes. I never thought I could actually memorize as much as I did when I was in dental school. So your mind adapts to that. And so I, I, you know, I, I don't want people to be scared off by the fact that, oh, you have a lot of memorization that you have to do, right? You have basically a whole semester condensed into a month, like you said, you know, Dr. Scott, but your mind will adapt to that if you allow it to. Okay. You're definitely going to, to push yourself past your limit, what, yes. you, what your known limit yes. is. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and kind of grow there. Um, my my story is similar to Dr. Scott's in that, you know, in high school, it, things things did come relatively easy. Um, yeah, high school's easy, man. I, I hate when people say it's not. It's easy. No, no, let's be real. It's I, I easy. Don't I don't think it's, it's I don't easy. Think, I don't think it's easy. It's I think, a lot I think easy. Everyone it's changes. very easy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that because I mean I I I got a lot of A's, um, but. Um, there were still some challenges and there were still like, I'm, I'm growing as a person, but, um, I definitely came into college thinking like, I got this, this is me. Like, this is what I do. Um, I unfortunately had like a lot of, um, uh, 
like traumatic events my first year and uh it it affected a lot of my bio classes to be to be completely honest my my i think my first ochem class um i i missed my final because i had to bury my best friend um and like Boy. so my first cement i know it kind of took a kind of grave corner there but um it was a lot for me but it's okay it's your life it's your experience but um i i remember i remember after my first semester um you know my my professor would not let me make up the final even though i i thought that that was ridiculous um so i i took that d that i got in in chemistry and basically um at that point even though it was my first semester they were like you can't you're, you're never going to be a dentist um this is what my this is what my advisor told me. She was like, "You're just not. You don't have the aptitude for it." And I was like, "You know, that's. I, I think I do. I think you. I just have been going through a lot." And she was like, "No, you know, you really shouldn't um, waste your time." So I said, "Okay, um, let me just, you know, to, to let me just continue on, just to, to prove her wrong for a second. Um, I went to um, apply for like a research um, a position." Uh, for a minority uh, minority dental program, and I went to UC Irvine. I usually don't talk about that because um, of of this exact story. But essentially, they told me it was a it was an unpaid position, uh, basically a lot of extra work. I wanted to do it in the summer because I'm like I want to show you I'm going to work harder to to make up for this first year. And she straight out told me this program is for people who are going to be doctors, and you are never going to be one. So I took that. Quote from her, I wrote it down and I said, I'll make sure to come back and tell you, uh, when I'm a doctor that I could. Um, and that's the reason I don't give any money to UCI. Uh, <laughs> you, I, I love you, anteaters, but I'm never going to give a dollar to them. Wait a minute, your, your mask was anteater? It was an anteater. It's a, it a weird mat anteater, by the way. I don't that's probably giving them any. No. Yeah, <laughs> just, just on that fact. Just fact based alone. on the fact that it's <laughs> anteaters, you should absolutely not give any money to the anteaters. You probably so, got a t shirt underneath it. He does. No. He, he's like, Lakers are anteaters. <laughs> But um, but no, uh, I mean honestly, I I use it as as fire, and um, I so I finished off the rest of the three years uh well, but still because of that first year, I was always at a at a disadvantage. I knew my GPA wasn't what I wanted it to be, um, so I enrolled in a I actually enrolled to take the DAT. Um, I was studying for it. The teacher of the DAT, um, she actually pulled me aside and was like, you know you know, you're really like, you're like crushing it right now. Like what's going on? Like, and I'm like, well, I'm taking this, I'm going to take the DAT in a couple months and then I'm going to apply to school. And she asked me what my GPA is. And she was like, you know what? I prefer you to wait. Um, you know, maybe take a post back so that your GPA and it looks like you've been doing some other work is combined with a good DAT score. Cause she saw that I was getting, I was getting it. Um, and make sure you only take the DAT once. That was the information and the the recommendation she gave me. So I, I hit a pause on the DAT, even though I was like pretty much ready to take it. Uh, I applied at uh, UCLA for a postback program. Uh, did an interview, got in there. Um, shout out to to Dr. Saunders. Um, I mean, he he was instrumental in kind of reshaping me, and he basically would didn't didn't cut any punches. He said. You know what? You, I think you're smart enough, um, but your your numbers don't show it. Um, I think you have the aptitude. I think you have the hunger for it, but you're not gonna. No one's gonna see that on a piece of paper. You're gonna have to show and prove twice um, 
uh, that you actually want to be in this field. And, you know, and he told me about the ramifications. I'm nobody in my family, um, is a, is a doctor. Nobody in my family, my, my sister got her PhD after me. Um, but, um, as far as college educated, I would be the first, um, one. My mom went back to school and get a college education after. So, but, um, she, he, he basically pointed out to me, you're trying to do something that's never been done in your, in your family tree. And so to do that, you're going to have to work hard and you're going to have to work, uh, extra for them. And so I did, um, with the UCLA postback program, I took classes with the first years and I crushed those, took my DAT, crushed those, applied to school, um, thought like everything is great now. I'm going to get in, uh, no, not, not, not. So everyone still looked at my UCI grades, uh, and my UCI performance. And so, um, really what we had to do was I, I, I talked to them and I said, I don't think that P, that they're actually lo- opening up my application. Uh, I don't think that they're actually seeing that I spent an extra two years. It was like a year and a half of the post back to like better myself and look at the grades I got along with this pretty, pretty good DAT score. Um, and he was like, I don't, I think you're exactly right. So, um, I actually went and met with the Dean of, uh, of one of the schools, um, and made him actually look, he actually did it as a favor for Dr. Saunders, like to actually look at his, just open his file and really look at it. Don't look at the first page, look at like the 10 pages that come after that. Cause if the, in the ASDA or whatever, I think the first two pages are basically like, what they'll use to filter your uh, your filter your application? Mm, I don't know. Oh, you don't know? I got in. Let me stop. Nah. Long story short, um, after I I met with that one dean, I went from uh, basically one offer to twelve. Wow. So it was it literally, and Howard was one of those places that initially I didn't get any calls backs, uh, but after that uh meeting with and it wasn't with the dean of howard i did get a call back like immediately and so um it's it my story is definitely not uh, a straight and narrow road like it it involved me meeting uh a dean on a saturday morning uh and basically him me driving like an hour to see him to basically say like this is me all i'm asking is that you actually open up my file and look at all the work that i've done uh since since undergrad so yeah. It was all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good summary. You know, I, I, I truly believe that no matter where or how you got into dental school, it, it shows that the one thing you can't do is give up, right? Exactly. If there are people that are going to be naysayers. There are people that are going to tell you, because I had the same situation where people, like, I remember the person that was supposed to, like, uh, put all my uh, letters and everything together told me straight up she said you are probably not going to get into dental school and i said well you you don't even know how i did my dats and she was like no no no, your grades aren't going to get you into dental school at all because what they do what, what they're trained to do is to look at a certain number exactly but they don't look at the person they look at a number and say the number doesn't match up they don't look at what the person did to get into dental school their passion and i will say this dentistry is not easy dentistry is not fun Honestly, it really is not, right? There's a lot of issues and a lot of headaches that you have to deal with, right? And that, I mean, I, hopefully you guys can agree with that, right? But dentistry can become fun if you allow yourself to understand that it's something that you wanted to do from the beginning, right? Yeah. And this is what you chose, 
right? And so we have Sarah here who is basically choosing to become a dentist, which Dr. You know, Dr. Scott and Dr. Cradock are. Right. And so we're here to encourage her to say, you know what? It's fine. You'll be fine. You can do it, you know, but you're not going to do this in an easy manner. Dentistry is not easy, just like medical school is not easy. But if you really have the passion to do it, I believe you can do it and you will do very good at it. Right. And so, Dr. Um, I want to say, Scott. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sarah, we want to know what your struggles have been. Tell us what you've had to go through. You've heard our stories. Now tell us what you had to go through. Um, so as an undergrad, I got my biology degree in biology. Well, I got my degree in biology um, a few years ago. And I was a biology major, obviously. <laughs> um, I struggled there because the university that I went to um, didn't have a strong biology department. So I was stuck taking a lot of like environmental science classes, but they were still a requirement for like a biology major. Um, I took my basics in bio and um, chemistry. Um, but like I said, the faculty wasn't as strong as say like, a I don't know, finance department or something. So they weren't there for you at all times. They would teach, go home, you know? Um, so I had to kind of like, seek my own sort of resources, meaning tutoring, meaning meeting up with the smartest kids. That's what you have to do. Um, still, I didn't really graduate with as comfortably as I wanted to be. Um, so my GPA wasn't that strong. And so I was um, sort of in a hole at that point. And I was like, well, this is still what I want to do. I've been trying to wanting to be a dentist since I can remember. Um, so I was like, well, I'm not going to stop. Even though along the way I've had professors that told me the same thing. Mm, maybe you should switch your major. You're really good at writing papers. Okay. Like, why don't you be an English major? And I'm like, no. Um, so I continued on all in all, I got a degree in biology. So that's a good, you know, first, um, good step in an accomplishment, not the greatest GPA, but you know, um, and so what else? So now I graduated in 2016. So it's been a little bit since I've been out of school. Um, I finally enrolled this fall. So I moved to Texas from Boston. And there She's was a Patriots fan. Yes. And Celtics. And a Celtics fan. And, <laughs> and a Boston Red Sox fan. They're, they're, they're the only franchise that can say they have more banners than the Lakers. So I get it's it. It's a beautiful thing, it. let me exactly. tell you. <laughs> um, so yeah, I moved here about a year and a half ago. And I said, there's this program at Texas A&M. And it's called the SPEP program. It's a collegiate program. And it basically helps like... Your non-traditional students, um, first in your family, single family household, um, parent household. And so I was like, okay, I fit under these. Maybe, maybe they can help me. And, um, what I loved about the program is that they prep you for the DAT. And I was like, well, when you look at Kaplan and their prices, well, can't really afford that. So I figured this four or five week program can help me better, you know, better myself and really know, okay, like, is dentistry really what I want to do or not? Um, and also pay for the DAT, which is lovely. So I applied, um, but you needed to be a Texas resident. So I took that risk and I said, all right, let's do this. So I moved here, left everything behind, um, didn't get in. And so Dr. Aka was one of the first people that I told, and he was just like, good. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? Like, I need this program. Like, you know, they're going to help me with this, this, this. Like, no, I need this. And he goes, no, good. Because that means you only have to work harder now. You only got to, you know, you're, you're determined. Let's see how determined you really are. And I'm like, oh, God, okay, okay. So that kind of got me really hurt. Um, I was actually really pissed off for a long time. And it kind of left me in like a, like I was stuck. And this was just what back in, I want to say March. 
Um, so I was stuck for a while and I was like, if I can't even get into this program, that's actually going to like help me. What makes me think I can get into dental school? Um, so after that, I was still working at Fairfield. Um, and I, in my head, I'm like, I got, I got to get out of this. I got to get back into school. I got to do something. Um, and so I started just looking up programs and what I can do. Should I take a post back? Should I just, you know, go back and start taking classes? Do I want to redo classes? Um, so a lot was going on in my head, um, both like mentally and then with financial things as well. Um, so I finally enrolled this fall in HBU and I'm taking a few classes to kind of just, um, you know, just get the ball rolling again. And I can tell now that not only am I more, more mature, but I'm a lot more serious about what I want to do. Um, the hunger is even stronger now than it was a few months ago. Um, so that's where I am. And yeah, I mean, hoping for the best. That is an amazing story. And I mean, if I could say anything to anybody that's, that's in Sarah's shoes, like that hunger is what is going to make you an exceptional dentist. There's a lot of people in this field that were just uh, handed it to them. I mean, it's not no fault of their own, but, um, this is just what they always knew they were going to be. And, um, you know, somebody paid for a wing of their dental school that they attended. And, um, mm-hmm. and so that's great and all, but, um, it doesn't make them want to wake up every morning and, and, uh, and, and help and help people. So, um, you know, that drive, that fire, uh, to Dr. Aka's point is, is what's going to separate you from everybody else who didn't have your road to get to dental school. And, uh, I would just say when you meet with somebody for an interview, let them know that. Let them know that there is a, a million other things I could have done that would have been a lot easier. But obviously, I wanted the hard path because this is what I truly want to do. And uh, anybody that's a dentist and really respects the craft will respect that. Yeah, that dark over here being Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> Work harder, you must. <laughs> oh, man. No, you know, but I, I can relate to what she's going through because... Just like with anybody, like you guys have said, right? It's not an easy path. It's not a straightforward path. I re- I actually wish that I would have gotten in, gotten that, you know, 3740 and then gotten it. I knew that I was going to get into dental school. One thing that really pissed me off was, I'm not sure if you guys remember this. Do you remember studentdoctor.net? Yeah. Remember that? Those were asshole people on it. Oh. Let me explain (laughs) what I mean by that. Because people would, you know, it's a forum, right? And you're supposed to basically talk about, oh, do you have any questions? Can you help me with this? And people would be assholes. No, this is the breakfast. It's a breakfast, right? They would say, oh, well, I have a 4.0. I have a 3, you know, like a a 28 on my DATs out of 30. Am I going to get in? And I, the first thing I used to say is, like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Excuse my language. <laughs> but go ask yourself. This is, this is, this because gross. in the end, you know you're going to get in. You, yeah. you know you're going to get in. But what, what the problem was, was people thought that, oh, if I brag about this, then other people are going to be intimidated. Yeah. But, and but, those are the same people that didn't even do anything but, further. But, let's, but let's, be, let's be completely honest. So the main deterrent from people getting into it's very it's very hard to get into dental school. There is only, what, 53 50 54 dental schools something like that right um it's about four thousand dental uh positions available and about twelve thousand apply exactly and that was in 2009 so i'm not even sure what it is yeah it's 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 super competitive (laughs) uh to, to to become a dentist and so i do get that they have to filter um um applications by gpas and everything but that's not indicative of 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 other things that it takes to be a good dentist hand skills like you can't teach 
hand skills. You can't, and you can't teach the, the, the amount of practice that you're going to need to develop those hand skills. So if you don't really want to do deal dentistry, it's one of those things that it's, it's not a good, it's not a, it's not good for you if you don't want to do it. It can become something that you wind up hating. Um, the patients aren't going to love you, but what you do for the patients is valuable. So if you don't have that love for the, the field, um, it's, it's a bad look. It's a, it's a bad decision. And so, I mean, I've, I've had classmates that I know they're, they're smart. They're very, very smart. But when it came to how do we cut this crown prep? They're looking at what I'm doing and I'm like, your, your, your GPA, uh, mm-hmm. with your GPA, you should be good. Mm-hmm. You don't need to look at my hand skills. <laughs> like, um, I'm in here and, and when my, and when my hand skills weren't where I wanted to be, I was willing to spend extra time. I remember being with Dr. Scott in the lab much, um, after, after the, the clinic was closed. I mean, we're in there working, uh, just to be masters of our craft. And a lot of the people that had them GPAs that could just waltz in, um, they were at home and, and, you know, taking selfies or whatever they wanted to, you know, um, but at the end of the day, if I go to a doctor, I want to know that, Hey, he's, he's, this is what he loves to do. This is his passion. This is his craft. And he takes it serious and he really wants to be better and always improving. And so, uh, a, a score is good on a, on a, on a paper, but uh, it doesn't cut a crown. That's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. I, I want to add into that because, like you're saying, like um, dentistry is an art and a science. Mm-hmm. So you got to be smart, and but you got to actually practice the, right. the, the hand part of it. And it's called the practice of dentistry because it takes a long time to actually get to a point where you feel you got consistent mm-hmm. results. So don't get discouraged by you know you're gonna have a bad case every now and again, no matter yeah. what, no matter how good you think you are. Mm-hmm. Every, nobody's perfect. We're all human. True. Um, but. Yeah, just uh, keep keep working at it, and it's and you know it sounds like you're on the right path as long as you're showing improvement along the way. You got a well-rounded application. I feel like you you'll be in a good position to get in for sure. You know, I thought this would be kind of fun for uh, Sarah to ask us questions. You yeah, because we're in a position where hopefully she wants to be, and not me, but maybe you too. You know, she can look at you guys and say, "You guys are my mentors, not me." You know, she, she doesn't. Want to be, she's like, uh, "Doctor Aka, you're an asshole. You're, I don't want to be. I don't want to be you. Hey, I met him. I don't, want to, I don't want to be him, but I want to be you too." So, um, so you know, I, before I ask questions, I actually want to piggyback off of what you guys said um, about sort of being a well-rounded person or the application mm-hmm. itself. Um, so that little mini program that I applied to, um, I had asked them like, "Oh, so like, why didn't I get in?" And, um, so her response was, okay, so up against everyone else, your science grades aren't there. All right, fair. She goes, but your application was amazing. And my application was like, my essay was everything, you know, it kind of came from the heart. Um, and so they're like, no, your application is great. Your essay itself was amazing. I got to learn a lot about you. I know that this is what you want, you know? And I'm like, we need more people like myself, you know, cause mm-hmm. I'll, I worked for Dennis for like. It's been years now. So I've seen the the good ones, the eh, and then the ones that just go in and go out, you know? Um, and I don't want to be that dentist. I want to change a lot of pre- people's perspective about dentistry, which we all know everybody hates the dentist. And good luck. <laughs> you know, I know it's hard, but can I say something though? Yes. I will say one thing, and I think that's what Scott mentioned this too, is you know, your personality can be there. Mm-hmm. But you also have to get through dental school. Exactly. And the, the mindset to get through dental school and what you need to know is very, very difficult. For sure. I mean, pathology. She's going to do it, though. We know. No, it. no. Yeah. We, I'm so not talking let me, about let me give you a regular day, yeah. okay? Go I was going to ask. That was it's one of my nine questions. Nine to five. All mm-hmm. day you're sitting in a lecture. Nine mm-hmm. to five. And mm-hmm. then after nine to five, you got to figure out, do you like to work out? 
Mm-hmm. You got clothes to wash. You got a mm-hmm. car to keep clean. You got a dog to walk. <laughs> oh, guess what? You still need to study for at least four to five hours. If you're not studying that much, you're going to be not one of the best people in your class. Right. So I already then gave you 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 hours of your day. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then you still got to sleep. You know right. what I mean? So it's going to be four years of grind. But it can be done. We all did it. Right. But it's just you got to prepare yourself for that. So whatever you're doing now, if it's any type of like um, schoolwork-based thing, you need to like treat it like dental school where you, you really like sit mm-hmm. in there and learn what you can. And then when you go home, really dedicate time right. to really studying because you have to do that for four years. Cause you, yeah. You're going to be spending a lot of money, you know? Right. And like you said, if you want to pass and get through, if you want to be as good as, you know, the best dentist you can be, it's a lot of discipline. I mean, the, the, the rigors of dental school is, uh, it's a lot. I mean, we had our, our first two years in dental school, we had a lot of same classes, if not the same exact classes, the mm-hmm. medical That's school. Good. But the the difference they got is they got to go home like at lunch and study everything that they learned for the test. We have a whole another half of a day where we got to be learning down dental stuff, right. uh, and then also practicing those things, right. getting hand skills. So it would be like you know it 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 can definitely wear on you, um, and you definitely have to have a good um, a team. I was lucky enough to have. Dr. Scott and some other uh, classmates that, you know, we could study together. Um, if you don't have somebody else pushing you, it's it, for me personally, it would have been un- undoable. And she seems like she's on the right path. She said, like you said, you want to meet up with people who are going to push you further. People that mm-hmm. You get in a B, but they get in the A. Right. It's better to be that person that's getting a B and they get in the A because you're going to get the A eventually and right. you're going to learn so much from them. You know right. what I mean? And you'll be able to help somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like you're going to be okay. It's just Hope you got to so. be strong-minded <laughs> and disciplined. That's, that's it. The, okay. the other advice I would give is just, you know, make... Uh, unfortunately a lot of a lot of getting in is is who you know um so if you have a a mentor like get a mentor if you don't we'll be your mentor like you know like let us know who we have to 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 talk to once they put a face with the application and they actually look and take the time like you said your your application was bomb but if they're looking at the first page and being like oh i'm just gonna write it off because that's literally what they do they get a stack full of applications and they just have somebody say, oh, well, this is the GPA we were looking for. So everyone else, we're not even going to look. We're not even going to look at the third, fourth, fifth page to be like, oh, wow, this is a this is a story that we want to come from our school. Let me give you guys a little background on the whole application thing. I want to piggyback mm-hmm. for you. So this is what happens, right? There are two different application process, one for minorities and one for uh other applicants, okay? What now, do you mean? Let me, you, explain, let me explain. Yeah, what do you mean by there that? There are some schools that really want minority students in there. Yes. Because they just can't find them or they just people don't apply to that school, right? right? And so there are two different why, columns. Why do they want minorities? I'm going to be the devil's advocate on Right. That. I mean, sometimes you can get- Because they get a check. You get, sometimes the government will give you more money and okay. stuff like that, right? So you have a minority <laughs> column and you have a- uh, every other column, okay? Minorities, I mean, you know, Native American, African American, uh, Hispanic. Those are the three minorities. So if you're Indian or whatever, you're not a minority. Let's be real. You're 99% of the population. Let's, let's keep it 100. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, so so you have the minority, African American, Hispanic, and Native American. That's one column, right? And so they rank them based on that. GPA-wise, they base it on that, right? And then what they do is they say, okay, we'll take the top 10 or the top 20 minorities and we'll give them uh, an application. We'll give them their acceptance, right? And if you're number 21, you're, you're going to have to wait for to make sure that those students did not accept to that school, 
Okay. And they do the same thing with the regular group. They give them the top maybe 50 people and they say, you know what? Top 50, you'll, you'll get an acceptance. And that's what I think Dr. Patel said, which is an enroll, enroll in admissions. So the first round is December 1st. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? December 1st. Everybody gets the, the top people. They fill their, their, their list. Okay. If it's 80 people in the class, they give the first 80 applications their uh, acceptance. And if you don't get in, and or if you say I'm going to go somewhere else, now you had left a uh, spot available for somebody else. Then they go down the list and they keep going down the list until they get to whoever. Do you see what I mean? And that's the problem. So there's two columns, and there's and this again, this is for select schools. Not every school, but select schools. There are two columns: minority column and everybody else. Okay, and you go down that list and you keep going, going until you fill your off your 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 school, right? And you hope to have a lot more minorities than you know than you normally had before sometimes you don't have that there the school that i went to it was every other year they had a minority student and it's sad but that's the truth and then you go to howard or meharry and it's all minorities and so that's the problem it's kind of like trying to distribute the minority group and to kind of i'll jump in on that because uh when i obviously i did the the post back at ucla uh, I applied there. I was waitlisted. Um, in talking with minority list versus regular list, there definitely is that. But we're talking about a, two seats at most for a, a class of a hundred. Right. So we're 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 it's it's not an easy thing. And everyone wants those those same two people. Let's be honest. Every school wants those same two minority, high scoring right. uh, applicants. Because it's gonna look make their school look good, and they're gonna get some grant money for it. And and you know what? It's not fair. I remember my classmate, and I mean, it's actually a friend of mine, said to me, "He's like, oh well, you know, you got in because of affirmative action." There is no affirmative action when it comes to dental school, right? But no. that, that was his mentality. And I actually said to him, and I mean, maybe I shouldn't have said this, but I was like, "No, I got in because I'm better than you." Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I said. Did I was he, like, he didn't get in. No, he got in, but I was like, my grades are way better than you. Because once I got into dental school, my passion was like, I need to do better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with minority students is our mindsets. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not going to speak for everybody, but our, your mindset is, I need to prove that I belong here. Right. And that's not right, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Right? You look and you say, I, ne- I belong here, so I need to prove that I belong here. So if I need to be better than 99% of my classmates, then that's what I'm going to do. And it's unfortunate, but that's the, that's the world we live in. Tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, that's that's good advice. I do yes. have some I do have some advice for you as Please. far as the application process goes. Yeah. Uh, do whatever you need to you feel you need to do to prepare for the DAT whenever you take it. Um, <clears throat> schedule your date and don't move it unless some real emergency comes up. But if not, just take it because that's it. Like and Dr. Crater said it earlier, you want to take it there one time and hopefully you get a solid score that you yeah. feel comfortable with. Yeah. And then my next advice is to pick your schools, look at how much it realistically costs to go there and how will you fund it if you get in. And then my last advice is make sure you apply early. So if you got people that need to write you recommendations online or however the process works now, make sure you give them ample time to okay. get it in so that your application can be like one of the first ones. Because that's how um, a lot of schools also, they want to see your application early. You know, okay. you wait late and you feel like you're a little weak. Obviously, I'm not going to I'm not going to want to look at it. But if you apply mm-hmm. early and amongst the, you know, a group of people, then you might not look as bad. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to say you look bad, but you get what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah. Right? Um, so 
those are my two things. Take that DAT the day that you feel you need, you know, you're ready to take it. Take it that one time and make sure you apply for whenever you're ready to apply as early as possible. And anybody that writes you a letter of rec, make ask them as a as a you know as part of that. Can you please just reach out to whatever school that you came from, whatever connection you have. Uh, just to make sure that they fully look at my application. That's, that was, that was huge for me. That was literally the difference between getting in and not getting in. Mm-hmm. It was like night and day. The same application I sent was sent out, but as soon as they looked at it, they were like, Oh, well, this person really wants to be in it. And, um, so connection is a big key. So anybody that writes you a letter rec, let them know, Hey, I'll do whatever I need. Just ma- I just want to make sure they're actually opening my application and giving me a fair shot. And you could even visit the school. Yeah. If you need mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, face, FaceTime is, is very important. If they put a face to the application, to the file, they're going to get so much more out of it. And they're going to realize this is the candidate that I want. Right. Yeah. So we have one more question from you, huh, Sarah? Um, all right. So I definitely have to ask, why do you guys want, why did you guys want to be a dentist? What was y'all's drive? Okay. I guess I'll go first. Everyone is looking <laughs> at me kind of questioning. Um, I, for, for me, dentistry was just growing up, like dentistry was a luxury. Like I didn't get to go to the dentist as a kid that much. We didn't have that much money. My mom told me that from the jump, like, you're going to the dentist, like, we're spending some money, like, like you should be happy. Mm. And I didn't have cavities. Luckily, you know, uh, I took care of my teeth uh, well enough. But my dentist was always kind and friendly. And, you know, he always told me, hey, you know, how are you doing in school? What did you learn today? That's what he, I always remember that about him. Um, uh, and so I always thought, man, this, this guy is cool. He, he helps people, you know, like it's a luxury to come here. Like, why wouldn't I want to be a dentist? And then as I got older, um, you know, I, I, I like working with my hands. I like, you know, making things. I, I, I like medicine, but I like knowing that I have a lasting effect. Um, I know as like a, as a, as a doctor, you can prescribe something and it may feel like it helps, but I like knowing that the patient leaves with something that I gave them that, that, um, that wasn't just a pill. I just didn't prescribe and just do the math in my head. This is what they need and send them on their way. So I like that part. And then, um, just you give a person a smile, like that hasn't smiled in a while. Like for me, that's the best feeling in the world. Like a, a patient that comes in and they're holding their mouth and they're like, mm-hmm. you know, they put their hand over their mouth every time they, they laugh or, or, you know, chuckle. And then they just leave with this vibrant smile and they just, they give, you see the tears in their eyes. That's like, that's like a win for me. That's what makes me wake up in the morning. So that's why I did it. Uh, for me, it was, um, I always wanted to be uh, in the medical profession, um, but I felt like uh, dentistry offered me the ability to help people get out of pain immediately if they were in pain. Um, and also from a different perspective, it allows you to be your own boss. So it's like a, it's a unique uh, health profession. Um, mm-hmm. There are others like it, but for me, it was like I know that if a patient comes in in pain, they're going to leave feeling better. And then, like I said, I get to make a lot of more of my own lifestyle decision. You know, it's funny for me. I remember in um, <clears throat> fifth grade, we had to do uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. And uh, I, I had a poster. I remember this. I had a poster. And, and on the top of the poster had like different like salaries and everything. Right. And dentistry was <laughs> In fifth high. grade? In fifth grade. What? I went to a better school than you did. <laughs> <laughs> Cream rules. <everything>. <laughs> <laughs> he got a thing for everything. 
<laughs> so I had I remember this poster. My mom, my mom, and my mom got this poster for me, and it had like different people, like you know, salaries and everything. And I looked, and I was like, "Oh, dentists do really well. They like they get paid really well." <laughs> so that was my goal. I was like, fifth grade, so I'm gonna be a jump. dentist, right? But the funny thing was, like, you know, before then, my dentist was an incredible. He's a pediatric dentist, incredible dentist. When I was in Ghana, West Africa, represent. Uh, I had basically, right. <laughs> please. I had basically uh, like broken my front two, my two front teeth oh, playing yeah. soccer, world's world's game, you know. And and what happened was like when I came to the U.S., the dentist actually ended up fixing my two front teeth, and I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I can actually smile. Kids are mean. Kids are mean. Right? Oh yeah, <laughs> they're, they're they're real cruel, and especially if you don't know English, they're incredibly mean. Because <laughs> I I didn't understand what they were saying, <laughs> you know. But what happened was they fixed my front teeth. And I was like, this is what I want to do. This guy was incredible. He gave me laughing gas. Looking back at it now, I had to like violate a lot of like pedo or hippo issue. Yeah, he gave me laughing gas because I asked for it. That was very weird. As a kid? As a kid. Very incredibly weird. Wait, but he was nitrous? an incredible dentist. You knew that there oh, was laughing gas. Anybody who gives you laughing gas is gonna be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what he did. He gave me laughing gas. So I thought this guy was amazing. I was like, I want to be like him. You know what I mean? So when I became a dentist, I, I mean, when I, whenever I wanted to be a dentist, I said, like, "Oh, this is, they get paid well. They they have a great time. Yeah. They, they, they're very he, short. He already knew the salary. I wanted. To, I knew the salary, and I was like, "Oh, and on top of that, they have a lot of fun." You know, did did I know that how hard it you know how hard it was to become a dentist? No, not at all. But once I got to that position and I was talking to people and I and I got a chance to you know shadow people, I realized this is this is what I want to do. And then when I became a dentist, I basically had in my mind that I'm not going to let anybody ruin, you know, my love for dentistry. Because guess what? I worked my ass off to get to this point. You're not going to ruin it for me. You see what I'm saying? And so once I got to this point, I was like, no matter what, I'm going to realize what I did to get here. Because guess what? I chose to be here. You know, I chose to be a dentist. I didn't. I, no one chose that for me. Uh, my parents weren't dentists. No, no, no one chose that. I said I want to be a dentist. So now I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this right. You know what I mean? And so that's something that you need to do, Sarah. Is you need to realize what got you here, why you wanted to be a dentist. You know, already what I mean? got it. You know what? 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 What actually made you want to be a dentist? Because if it's for the money, which initially was for me. <laughs> it no, really was. He, he's me. the only one that mentioned that. <laughs> right. Of their story. Yeah, I'm the only one that's keeping it real. No, it actually yeah. isn't for me, believe yeah, it or but not. It, mm-hmm. that was what, you know, but then I realized, like, no, I actually enjoy what I do, you know? And the dentistry is the only um, profession that I know that I can play slow jams and still do my job. That's yeah. actually what got sold me. I witnessed it. No, I mean, Dr. Craig, I can remember that. No, I've actually witnessed it. It's kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy that he just gets away with it. But the patients seem to love it. I'm just like, you okay, see the patient I guess. In the, in the chair, like, yeah. And I'm like, you're about to get gum surgery. It's okay. You the remind sl- me. <laughs> there it is. But the, the end is, I enjoy what I do. I love what I do. And I have people that appreciate what I do for them. You know, mm-hmm. not as much as Dr. Cradock, who basically will re, you know, re-sculpt and, and, and shape up teeth and, and make people get brand new smiles. You know, Dr. Scott, who will get people out of pain. You know, I'm very different in that sense. But in the end, we know that what we're doing helps and benefits people. And that's why we're doing this. You know I, what I mean? I, I, I like this podcast. This this one actually had a message. We weren't just like... Uh, <laughs> no, we weren't. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> you know, but in the end, we we definitely appreciate the fact that Sarah is going through something that we already did. Right. Right. And, and, and just and, know the light is on the other other side. It is. You, you keep you, you keep working, you. and uh, it will happen. Uh, I promise you that because uh, at the, at the end of the day, the journey that you've had to take, though it had more bumps in the road, it makes you better. It does. It really does make you better. Yeah. So when everyone else is ready to tap out, you're like, this is nothing, you know, like this is what I expected. You yeah. understand how hard I worked to get here? Like, I know, I know. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to up. crush it. Right. And you'll meet some of your closest friends like that you'll ever have from dental school is because you guys go through all that together. You yeah. Know? And you'll be a different person on the other side of it. You know? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go ahead and finish up today. Uh, Sarah, we definitely appreciate you coming through. Thank you for we having me. We want you to come back whenever you are in dental school. Yep. And then a you know, one day. Like 10 years. And then, and then we're going to ignore you after that because, <laughs> <laughs> because now you've made it and oh, you're going to be bougie. I, you know? not, hopefully, I get into Howard so I can. Oh, there you go. You, there know, you know, hey, have you know, my hey. little clan over hey. here. You know, come let, let me know. We make a call. <laughs> you know, I never got into Howard. It so. is. I yeah, you, uh, forget all y'all. It's a, it's a reason for the season. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Thank gosh. you so much. Thank you guys. <laughs> we have incredible people, people here, and uh, we definitely appreciate you, Sarah, for coming through. If you have any questions uh, for Sarah, how can we reach you? Um, by email. Well, we'll start with email before I give out my phone number. No, 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 no. Um, That's no weird. <laughs> I'll get rid of You got perverts out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Walt got some weird friends. Suddenly, everybody wants to be my friend. Um, uh, yeah, email is the best way, and I'll spell it out for you guys. It's S-A-R-A-H, and then A-M as in Mary, A-D as in dog, I-718 at gmail.com. There it is. It's gmail contact. Uh, you know, for anybody who's a pre-dent, please listen. Yeah. Hopefully, you get any information from us. And, and if you have any questions, please let us know. Uh, we definitely appreciate Sarah coming on and, and kind of exposing uh, what she had to go through, yeah. you know, and then, you know, we appreciate Dr. Scott and Dr. Cradock for letting us know what they had to go through to get to dental school. And, you know, we hope that you learned something from this. And if you have any questions, please let us know. Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you guys. Catch have a you good next night. Time. Thank right. you. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R E A L. Dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.